Welcome to First World Problems, the podcast, episode number 16. And uh, yeah, this is exciting. 16 episodes. I never thought we'd get here. Hello, Clarice. <laughs> and with me, as always, is uh, our two co-hosts. Scott, are you even listening to what we're doing? That was Chris Hansen. Oh, way what? to go. Yeah. Anyways, with me as always are our two co-hosts, Joey Cahill. How are you doing? Fantastic. That's good. And Mr. Scott Arnold. Hello. Hello. And uh, we have two, not one, but two special guests with us this evening. One of them is a famed rock star of the hardcore music variety. Uh, his name is Michael Minnick, and he sang for the band called Curl Up and Die. Mike. Uh, <laughs> Mike, uh, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? We already went over this, but thanks. Pretty good. Yeah, but if you talked to Ray, you didn't talk to me. Hello. Hey, Mike. And we also have one Mr. Dave Gorham, who the joke was that he invented the internet, um, him and Al Gore collectively. Is that correct, Dave? Yeah, it's, it's grains of truth. Right. <laughs> so uh, Dave Gorham is the, uh, I'm not sure exactly of your title. Are you, are you CEO? Uh, no, I, I just, I'm a designer. I make you're, stuff. You're, you make stuff. He, uh, yeah. he makes stuff for a company called uh, Carbon Made, and um, it is a very, uh, it's a fine purveyor of pretty looking things on the internet. There we go. And we'll, we'll go more into detail what that actually means later on, so. Hi guys. Hi. <laughs> All right. And then these uh, these two fine gentlemen are uh, the creators of a I'd call it a comedy podcast called uh, Dino Brain. Am I correct? Am I correct in that? You are. Okay. We're we're yeah, two of the three members. That's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, they're they're men of many talents, and uh, we wanted to have them on. So yeah, thanks for joining us, gentlemen. Pleasure yeah, to be no here. Problem. Thanks for having us. No problem. And this is the this is the fir- this is the first podcast where we'll have five people. So I'm pretty positive that we're going to talk over each other quite a lot. Cool. What do you mean? That what do you mean? Fun. What do you mean? It's true. <laughs> it's going to be very easy on the post production editing. <laughs> Dude, so that's the easiest part. I know it's super super simple. I just give uh-huh. it. I just give it to an intern. We'll take care of some housekeeping first. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at. FWP podcast. We're getting much more active. Mr. Scott Arnold is uh, taking some initiative and in, uh, speaking to the people, as it were. And uh, yeah, like us on Facebook and uh, our email is fwppodcast at gmail.com. So yeah, let us know how terrible of a job that we're doing or how awesome of a job we're doing. Yeah, we're good at social media. Uh, we got, we got up. it. We got it. Oh, man. We got our, we got our live journal page going on, too. Oh shit! Are you on Diary Land? <laughs> wow, you you won up me there, Dave. I do my. I best. don't even. I don't even know what that is, dude. It's super underground diaries. It's pre live journal, bro. Yeah, kind of kind of similar to Makeout Club. Yeah. What was the one undies only? I don't yeah. So I met Joey. <laughs> <laughs> he looked pretty hot in his briefs. Hey, you know, I, I work out. Oh, that's so good. Let's dive into the quick hit section where we recommend some random stuff that's going on in our lives uh, or something that we enjoy. And seeing as Scott Arnold is never ready when I give it to him, uh, I'm going to go ahead and start off with uh, Mr. Cahill. What do you uh, what do you have for this this evening? 
I am going to recommend something that I could potentially get a lot of shit for. It's never, uh, it's never, it's never stopped you, Joey. No, but I would like to recommend – I have a story to go with it as well. But I would like to recommend the TV show The Big Bang Theory. Mm. Mm. Exa- exactly. <laughs> my, th- that was my thoughts for, for many, many years. And uh, never watched the show. Wrote it off completely. You know, CBS, Two and a Half Men. Everything sucks on that channel. And then I discovered a show called How I Met Your Mother. And that show is fantastic. Nothing wrong with that. And then recently, about it was on New Year's, a friend of mine was like, you got to watch The Big Bang Theory. And I was like, no, I'm not going to watch that show. And he was like, do it. It's amazing. I thought the same thing. Blah, 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 blah. Long story short, it was on sale at Target for $15.99, season one. I bought it, and Nicole and I watched it in one day. And our already were three-quarters of the way done with season two, and we'll start season three hopefully tomorrow. And it is very funny and very well written. And, uh, yeah. So, I'm about six. And it has tons of comic references, huh? It's just about comic nerds. Yeah. Well, right? more like they're like science nerds that love uh, Yeah, they got all kinds of math jokes in it. Yes. Uh, it's surprisingly well written for a crappy show on CBS. <laughs> so. And Darlene from Roseanne's uh, boyfriend's in it, too, huh? And Darlene is in it quite a bit as well. Oh, I didn't know that. She's, she's not in every episode, but she's, uh, she's on the show. Um, she's just a reoccurring character. Um, the guy wears a lot of Flash shirts. Yeah, they, they love they love the Flash. They at one point they all dressed up for Halloween on all four of them wearing the Flash costume. So, oh, yeah. I want to do that. It's legitimately good, and I was very surprised by it. Hmm. Maybe maybe cool. maybe next show you'll recommend sixty minutes to check out. <laughs> Ray Ray, I legitimately think you would like this show. If, if anyone. I think you would be the number one person to, who would like this show. Okay, all right. You can borrow season one. I've, You're way into science. <laughs> I love science. <laughs> love science. I'm a man of I science. Hate show. Science and the Flash. I think you would just get mad. In wheelhouse. You, you'd probably hear some inaccuracy about the comic books or something, and you would just write a bunch of letters. Me? Yeah. Dude, no, Mike's it's full of rage. <laughs> Tell me it's about terrifying. It. Comic yeah, rage. all the time. Comic rage. You're like the Hulk. That's a comic character. <laughs> I've I've heard of him. Mike yeah, Smash. Funny books. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, so that is what I recommend. All right. Well, that that's that's a show that some people have heard of. So uh, yeah, thank you, Joey. Can I recommend Roseanne when it's my turn? <laughs> but, uh, let me let me jump in real quick. One more thing. It's on the same night and the same time as Community. So if anyone's like, hey, I'm going to check this show out, DVR that and watch Community because Community is far better. But, yeah, that's all. Good. Thank you. Spectacular. Um, Scott Arnold, are you, uh, are you ready for your quick hit for the evening? Yeah, I actually have one for sure, and then one is probable, <laughs> but I have a body. Usually, usually you kind of vet these things before you recommend them maybe. What we've had is mechanical pencil. We had the wake mate that was, you know, he loved and then got it. And how's that, that work? How's that working out for you? I've had two of them break. So let's hear the one you uh, you don't own yet. Um, this is a safety razor for shaving. It, I don't know. That, I don't know what that is. I don't really know either. But I read about it on the internet. Uh, basically, it looks to me it's just like a blade that you scrape against your face. Oh, so it's a razor. Interesting. But it's only one blade, and it looks like you can do some damage. Um, but it's supposed to feel better than a regular razor. Like a straight razor? 
like old timey barbershop razor? I don't I don't know. Um oh. This is this is so interesting. I know this is a well 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 researched uh, quick hit. I, th- I, I think what it is is the those razor like the razor blades that they put between their toes and water polo <laughs> each other, <laughs> like one of those, right? Uh, I just sent a link around, so maybe one of you can clarify what I'm looking at. <laughs> oh, I got that link. Her HD. Yeah, you have to put like the blades in there, the water polo blades. Don't worry about it. It's cool. It's, it's supposed to be a lot cheaper than a regular razor, and. I, I gotta get one of those brushes and the little uh, cup and you know like uh, a hot towel on your face and all that stuff. That's a lot of work, man. Yeah. Scott, don't you? Yeah. You don't shave. <laughs> I, I believe it or not, I do. How often? Every two or three days, and it sucks. So I, don't shave. Grow a beard. Don't don't do what you want, Scott. Okay. Thank you. I tried growing a beard once. It was terrible. I shave like every five days. That's uh, Ray. Ray tried to grow a beard once, and then he just shaved the mustache, and then he dressed like a <laughs> then he dressed like a zombie, and then he fell off the stage at a thrice show in front of three thousand people. <laughs> That's a good story. Uh, I like it. Joe, 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 Joey glossed over a few details in between, but essentially that's what happened in my life for about beard. six months. Beard, beard stage. That's what I got out of it. Good. Beard, beard, and shame. All right. So could could you, Scott, recommend something that you have any idea what you're talking about? Yep. I just sent it out. This is an article about the Long Island serial killer. Um, You're recommending a serial killer? <laughs> cool <an> article. <laughs> anyway, this made me feel really creepy and uh, check it out. <laughs> because you had things in common or <laughs> it, it hit a little too close to home? No comment. All right. <laughs> wow. Why am I not surprised with that? Scott reads it and is like, wow, I actually agree with every person he killed. <laughs> he has great taste in murder. <laughs> is, would, that his, is that his title, The Long Island uh, Serial Killer? Yeah. Is he the first one on Long Island? <laughs> that can't be right at all. <laughs> Not at all. Well, they don't, they don't know who he is. Yeah. Oh, they still haven't caught him? No. Sounds He's... like vigilante time. <laughs> maybe maybe it's freelance profilers. Yeah, maybe it's, Dude, maybe it's... five guys. Kind of bright. Let's go solve this fucker. Man, I'm gonna dress up like Dazzler and roller skate attack. <laughs> Maybe it can be sort of like Scooby Doo. We'll we'll solve this mystery just after we read the article. All right, Mike will be the van. Well, it's all we just have Hop to go to the, we just need to go to the abandoned mu- amusement park. It's gonna be the guy that you know hangs out there. Yeah, that's yeah. true. The Always. out of work carny. Always. Always I the out of work carny. Scooby Doo. There it is. Well, at one point, this guy called one of the girls he murdered sister, and then started taunting her. How crazy is that? Wait, like so he had already killed her. He killed her, stole the girl's phone that he killed, and then called her sister and started like, "Ugh, read it." That's just oh yeah, that that's creepy. I thought at first he meant he was just calling her sister. Like, what's up, sister? (laughs) You what up, sister? I I think that I think that's pretty aggressive. That's uh that's definitely a alpha male move. I think he wants to get caught. Yeah. See, they can't trace the phone or something like that. Come on, no. CSI. Yeah, so, dude, I've seen so many SVUs. They could catch him. Get yeah. Stabler on. It. They, well, he's leaving. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, thank you, Scott, for recommending an article. Maybe you'll be able to recommend a product or something with some more depth next time, okay? Scott only recommends things he doesn't know about, mechanical pencils, and articles he's read. He didn't even tell anyone where to find the article. He just sent us links. Thanks, Scott. (laughs)
<laughs> yeah. just, just Google Long Island serial killer and you'll find just one, fortunately. A serial killer in common. <laughs> New York mag. There you, there you go. NY mag. There you go. Um, Mike Minnick, would you uh, would you care to jump in and uh, sh- share your, your quick hit with the world? Sure, it can be anything. Anything. Literally anything you want. Okay, how about French Bulldogs? I, oh. I, I knew that was going to go there. I, I was saving some questions for the podcast, but we can talk about it now. Uh, okay, let's do it. I love French Bulldogs. I, want, I have one. I have two. Me and Dave have one. I know. I want to catch up to you and then pass you and have like eight French Bulldogs. I only want French Bulldogs for the rest of my life. It, me too. Uh, let me let me just interrupt both of you because we know that you are fawning over one another, and they're actually not even one another. Your dogs. Um, okay, a few a few things. For one, my my dad's a vet. Joey got a little of this uh, over the weekend. My dad's a vet and says, I mean, he likes the dogs and says they're great. Uh, here we go. No, no, no. Here we go. Yeah, we're here. medical miracles. We know this. No. <laughs> it's it's you're true. On, you're on it's, thin ice, Ray. Watch oh, what you say. It, it makes them all the more precious. Oh yeah, no, I'm not saying that. He, I mean, he's not disparaging them at all. He's he endorses French bulldogs, but he just says they have a lot of health issues. So hopefully, people are aware of that as they go into it. So do countless other dogs. Yeah, of, of exactly. course, dude. And I'm not. Hey, hey guys, I'm not bad mouthing them. Holy, why are you bad mouthing? Come on, why are you bad mouthing our dogs? I'm just dude. making sure you're aware. They are medical miracles and mashup of a. Uh bunch of other things to make a really awesome thing to make the perfect dog maybe that yeah definitely it, that, the perfect dog hey, they're hey. a hybrid between a bat a meatloaf and one other thing and sti- and yeah. stitch from lilo and stitch there you go yeah I, that's I, the that's the mouth they make when they open with their tongue out they also look like hey, pokey that shape hey have you guys thought about the fact that um your dog pony and my dog emma are probably sisters oh yeah. uh right? We were actually talking about that and curious because they kind of look like they have different color, but they're similar looking. I think they're from the same litter. Like they have, yeah. The, like has Pony's head grown at all? Because Emma's got a small head for a French bulldog. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty small. Long snout. Small. Long snout. Yeah, a long snout. I think that I think they're sisters. I know that's cool. That's really cool. And when Dude. I seen the video of her, she act they act exactly the same. They just does, run around and go crazy. Does Pony's tail wag? Yeah, yeah, big time. Her butt and her tail. How cool is that? Pretty great. It's fun. We could do a whole podcast on this. Want to do? Oh, yeah. start, want to start a French bulldog podcast? Yes. Frenchy cast. <laughs> Dude, but Joey, think about how crazy this is. When I went to go pick up Pony in Oklahoma, and I drove to the same rescue you did. Yeah. I met I met uh, Emma Pickles there before you were like a day or two before you were there. That's so awesome. And I was just like, hey, what's up, Emma Pickles? But her name was something else before then. Bo- Bonita. 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 Yeah. Um, Why didn't you keep Bonita? She didn't seem. Name? She didn't seem like a Bonita. She seemed like an Emma Pickles. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, most talk about dogs more. Most most <laughs> sh- most shelter dogs have names that don't apply at all whatsoever. Like my my little beagle spaniel mix. She was named Vixen because she was adopted Ugh. around. I know around like the Christmas holiday. And oh, I, I thought uh, she came with like crystal heels. Yeah, exactly. She's a she stripper. Is a, she is a slut. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's no there's no reason that you should have to feel like you got to keep their their name when you get it from the shelter because that's never good. What was yours, What's, Mike? What was what was Ponies before Pony? What was uh, it? Shanice. 
Yeah, that sucks. <laughs> Shut the yeah, fuck up. Yeah, what's crazy is when I talk to the uh, the lady that runs a rescue, she's like, oh, how's Shanice doing? And I didn't tell her that her name was Pony. I just kept calling her Shanice, too. Like, I was like, if, if she named her Shanice, she would be offended that I changed the name. So I was all uncomfortable and lying about her name. It sounds for no reason at all. It, it sounds like it sounds like Pony slash Denise is from uh, the inner city in Detroit. She well, could be. She's sassy. She sure is. We just yep. whenever I talk as Emma, I give her a southern accent. I think she's a southern belle. She's a southern belle. No, that's just the only I accent. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the accent that Joey has perfected for any sort of like improv or whatever. That's that's uh, the accent. Ray, ask Nicole next time you see her. I am the man of a thousand voices. <laughs> hey, do it again. I can't do it. I don't think. Let me hear you real quick, and I'll try. What a southern, the southern. Yeah. My, my I do declare. That's hey idea. man, let's go to the car. <laughs> Does that sound like a southern accent? Yes, it's like a declare. southern. It's like a, a Georgian southern uh, peach. It's perfect. Actually, you sound like Joe Dirt. Joe, me. <laughs> is that is that the right dude? I, close. What? You're close. Um, okay. Well, that I that is a perfect recommendation. Everybody should look into uh, French bulldogs and or, uh, or obviously, at very, or at the very least, rescuing a dog. Precisely. That's the way to go. Ray, are you going to get Peter 2 to give us money now because we said that? I already got money for it, so it's okay. In the form of oh, my... Guys, you guys are sponsored? Let me tell you guys real quick. I'll hype up Peter. So they got this cool ad with Fomke, whatever her last name is, the girl that was uh, in the X-Men movie, yep. with a French bulldog as one of their ads. That's their best ad. Yep. I'm glad you backed that. Yeah, it, it was a Angels for Animals ad. Mm-hmm. And, she lo- and she looks pretty hot in there too. Mike, the French bulldog is the angel. What? One more thing, Mike. You know it's because of you that we got Emma. So thanks. Really? Thanks. Yeah, you're, yeah. The one who, you're the one who told me about it. Oh yeah, that's true. So thanks. Yeah, dude, no problem. Um, now we, we see, to... Yeah, we need to get them together. It would be awesome. And then the Wait, world, I... the world will implode. I, I will hide in the corner, and then <laughs> Emma and Pony will party, and then I will come party, and then I'll go hide again. Does pony does pony like smell you. really bad? No way. No way. <laughs> give her weekly baths too. I think he's referring to the. Uh, I know. I see. No, she what... did, she did, she's not that bad, but we do call her whore breath because she has <laughs> terrifying breath sometimes. Does does pony not fart like crazy? She can. She has that ability. But... She phases. Or if I give her sometimes, I eat string cheese and give her string cheese. <laughs> Just yeah, they, share, they, they share string cheese. It's That's it's cute. adorable. It's uh-huh. very cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's that sounds like dog food. What string cheese? Yeah, yeah, easily. That, that's that's gonna, how you that's make gonna, a... <laughs> longevity. Exactly. You, you keep a French ball, uh, bulldog going by uh, giving her string cheese instead of instead of a list. Instead of an apple mm-hmm. a day, a piece of string cheese a, a day. French bulldogs don't eat apples. <laughs> so uh, so French bull great. French mm-hmm. bulldogs. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Now, now, Dave, you can't recommend a French bulldog, but what would you recommend as your quick hit for the episode? Mm, a quick hit. See, these have been pretty long hits. You're very, very correct. We should call them something else, but we'll say that. We'll stay with that for the time being. Extended hits. Yes. How about a uh, military historical fiction? Okay. Is that, is that a good one. As a right. genre. As a genre. As a genre, just in general. I mean, uh, you know, you could, you could. There's a lot to dip into there. You know, you got some Gates of Fire by Stephen Pressfield. That's a great book. Okay. You know, they they uh, use it at the the Marine Academy or something like that now. So, 
there you go. That, Want me that, to elaborate? That's that's required reading. Yeah, because you know, like uh, lots of you know dudes killing each other, being bros. It's pretty great, you know. But it's you know historical fiction, right? Military. Interesting. <laughs> Not to many people. <laughs> Well, but no, it is to me. That, and that is pretty much all that matters. Because through our random tastes, other people will be like, hey, you know what? That sounds kind of interesting. Yeah. It's, you know, I started reading biographies of uh, you know famous people because I started reading these books about, you know, like Alexander the Great, like uh, raising villages. Okay. Killing, killing lots of plebes or whatever. It, it's, you know, it gets you hyped up. Right, you know I mean? good <laughs> leadership thing, you know. Like talk about Patton and the Battle of the Bulge and stuff like that, you know. Sure, you gotta go lead men and women, right. women too. Yeah, we, <laughs> you're so not. I, you know, I picked up a biography of like Churchill, and that was really boring. So keep it, <laughs> fictional. Keep it fictional. There you go. The only thing I know about Alexander the Great is that there was an otter pop that was just tasty called Alexander the Grape. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> I, I, I was summarize it, but Mike I, took it over. Good I job. think I think he was. Uh, I think that was inspired by that. Yeah, yeah. Al- Alexander the Great was inspired by otter pops, correct? Yeah, I mean, okay. chicken and egg kind of thing there, though. Yeah, <laughs> you, never, you will never know. You know, mm-hmm. it's an argument know. for the ages. Uh, Man who conquered most of the known world, or a grape otter pop, which is <laughs> which which came first? No one will ever know unless you actually pick up a history book. And you'll see not, that it was not awesome. into that. I'm into fiction. Fiction. Got it. Got it. Anyway. <laughs> well, thank you, Dave. That's that's uh, that is a genre. I, I've we've never had a genre recommendation, but I like that. Um, I'm going to recommend a uh, a blog that a friend and actually both Joey and uh, Scott know this person. Scotthought.com. Uh, no, Scott, because you jo- up- JoeyTKHill.com. Neither of you really update your blog, so I update it today. I know pictures of of your dogs. As did I. Uh, no, I actually I did uh, something from Community. So fuck you, Ray. <laughs> sorry, it's I not a saw picture, that. Sorry, it's not a picture of my kid. There you go. Yeah, exactly. I'll fill the blank. Your dogs and of our baby or of our dogs. Your your dogs make the same face every day. Yeah, adorable. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've met them. Um, no, so sorry, I'm not recommending either of your blogs. Um, one, Mr. Uh, Stacy Buchanan, uh, who we worked with uh, over at Century Media and Abacus Recordings, um, he started a blog called Cryogenic Husk. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Great name. Um, I know. It's weird, but uh, I'm sure he has some sort of explanation behind it. But it's really cool because uh, I think basically everybody in some way, shape, or form has enjoyed mixtapes, whether that them making it for someone or whether them receiving one. Um, I know I tried to use them to uh, seduce girls, and uh, it worked with varying effect. Um, and I know Scott has done that for years and years, try to get girls into bed. Has it worked, Scott? Yes, it does. That's what I'm... It does. It, it continues to work. That's exactly. But this is a blog dedicated to basically making um like mixes based on like themes um they actually he actually just posted one about uh like egyptian themed uh, music but you know not like obviously like middle eastern music but music that kind of gives the same vibe of what it feels like to maybe be in a desert or something um did you have nile on there uh yes he actually did <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> And, uh, but yeah, so it's like, he's just, he's t- 
taking these these ideas and kind of putting you know a musical soundtrack to it um and then he also asks various people uh to do like guest uh, contributions a previous guest of this podcast Roy Culver uh contributed to uh the blog as well as myself he asked me to do a mix of like I don't know, 2000 to about 2003 hardcore. And I actually incidentally included Curl Up and Die in that. Um, I don't know why. Oh, yeah, all together. I, like I know. That. Yeah, you know, professional. But, um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun. And anybody, like I said, that is a fan of, you know, kind of just music and mixtapes and all that type of stuff. Because he basically, he puts all this music and he compiles it. And then he puts a download link and kind of gives descriptions of, you know, why he selected these songs or why the guests selected these songs. So... I hope he's uh, paying the artist accordingly. Um, well, of course. I mean, these are all—it's all, all royalty-free music. I mean, all, mu- all music's for free, anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. That's how I get my music. Oh. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Mike, you, you still get royalty checks from Revelation Records, right, Mike? <laughs> oh, dude, that's how I don't even work anymore. I just live off those. <laughs> just keeps them in macaroni and cheese and Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> right. Wow. Yes. Uh, I, if we're, that's a, I would also like to bring up uh, a friend of ours, Sean Rohr's blog, yep. pretty much, who does the same thing. Yes. He does like a weekly, a weekly mix, and it's called iHeart Mixes. Yes. And he has specific themes. Um, so, yeah. And, and I, I actually literally emailed Sean to be like, hey, you should talk to Stacy because you guys are doing roughly the same thing, and I think you both are cool. So maybe they will join forces. You know what they should join forces to do? Is they should they should take requests by by guys that are trying to get girls, and then they make a perfect mix for them for a girl, oh. and then the guy pays them, and it turns Dude. into a whole uh, date thing. Outsource it to India. You could get that for pennies. Come on, dude. Dude, that that actually we're that, entrepreneuring guys here. We're dude, dying this. That that actually should be a uh, show on the Oprah Network. Oprah has a network. It's called Own. Yes. You, <laughs> yeah, it is. You, now that she's off the air, you can just watch shows about the making of her shows. Oh wow! Because I think that's pretty much all she ever shows. Like just to, 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 like the lighting tech guys yeah. just put it together. <laughs> just we're putting a lot of great stage. tutorials. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just good tutorials. There's the Oprah tutorial network. There's there's actually a documentary that no joke that I'm recording. I think it airs on Saturday. Uh, it's about uh, polygamy and Mormonism. Um, it's actually showing on the Oprah Network, and a friend mm-hmm. of mine, a friend of mine in Salt Lake City, recommended it. It's called Sons of Perdition, and it's supposed to be like this crazy expose on it. So it's it, a, show- it a how-to, a tutorial. <laughs> it's a tutorial on how to pol- how to polygamize. Yeah, how to get many wives, and then you know, you gotta work together with so many mother effing ladies. You haven't though. Um, you haven't even married one. That's true. He's in, he's impregnated a few though. That's for sure. That he knows of. Hey oh. Uh, hey oh. All right. Well, that things just got really weird. Dude, that's what happens. Why are you pregnant? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. Well, seahorse you. He did. That was very good. <laughs> well, that will conclude our quick hit section, and that was a. Uh, not like like Dave said, a very extended hit section this time through. It's director's cut. Well, I mean, when we first started the quick hits, you know, they really were quick hits, and now they've just grown and grown and grown to the first half of our show. Yes. Who is that? They caught the Long Island serial killer. Can you, can you hear that siren? Of course. Yeah. yeah. Is that you, Joey? It's outside my house. Oh man. 
That's funny. They have crime on the West Coast? A <laughs> little bit. Uh, an old lady probably fell down or something. I don't know. I doubt it's crime. Actually, a cat, a, 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 cat, a cat is stuck in a tree. So now, now we'll move on to, we're trying a little experiment this show. Uh, rather than actually specifically reviewing um, some records, we're going to keep it real loose and kind of just talk about, you know, what we've been listening to. Maybe some people will bring up what they've been watching recently. Maybe some people will bring up what they've been reading recently. Um, you know, we're kind of just, just going to throw it out there and see if this, uh, if this floats people's boats. And if it doesn't, then fuck them and we'll do it anyways. Um, so yeah. Name for the segment? Uh, no, this, there's no, there's no name. We're just, just talking it. Uh, let's, let's call it long talk. This is the long talk section. Talking media. The talking per- media. There you go. <laughs> wow. Talking media with first world. Yeah, that's that's probably going to be the name of it. Oh, Emma, no. Can I talk about some of my first world problems? Uh, yeah, actually, Dude, that's only that's if a... they have to do with media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so actually... I was at Target today, and I went to the Starbucks in the Target. Were they and out I of? I asked for soy, and the dude did not give me soy. I was appalled. That's that's bullshit. I know. <laughs> not, I left. And then with, did you ask for a Wi-Fi password? And they said, oh, ours is shut down right now. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute horse crap. Yeah. Dude, this, by the way, Ray, this is what I deal with in, in our podcast all the time. Oh. I, <laughs> off the rails constantly. We should call it off the rails. Off the rails idiocy mean? with Mike Minnick. Long should... talk. I'm just talking. My, my, Mike, Long Mike talk. Should... I'm just talking. That's, that's Mike's favorite record right now. Mike, I'm so sorry, guys. No, you're, you're, that's exactly why we had you on. Um, Mike, Mike will obviously should have his own podcast where he just kind of you know talks to himself. For no, about... no, 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 no. All right, so <laughs> this is going to be a tangent, and I'm sorry because it's not about media. But um, we have a thing in in the podcast of Dino Brain uh, called the Minic Minute, where Mike gets to talk about anything that he wants for a solid minute, and B and I are not allowed to to interrupt, and it is eloquent. And other things that aren't that. <laughs> they're, they're stories with no context. They're, they're, there are Wait. words. <laughs> it's fantastic. Anyway. Ray, it... did you change the format of this show? N- no, you're I anticipating me being myself. Uh, well, no, Mike. Of course not. We didn't change it. it we we changed it because we just kind of decided to do something a little different. We didn't change it because we knew you were going to be on here and just ramble. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so don't don't let's don't be in, media. don't be insecure. Yeah, let's 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 talk media. Um, it's media time. Exactly. Yes. Scott, start us off. What what have what have you been listening to recently besides the BG's greatest hits? Uh, the, wait, time out. What? I w- I wasn't listening to that. We just brought it up today. <laughs> oh, on, on, on the lunch I wasn't invited to. Moving on. Drama. Okay. Um, I, I have three pieces of media I'm recommending today. All right, hit us. The first one is the season finale of The Real World Las Vegas. Ooh, fantastic television. <laughs> Wait, I, what What hotel were they at? The Hard Rock. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't sleep last night, so I watched it at like 2 in the morning. Wait, the one from like 5, 6 years ago? Oh, they're, no, they're back. They they're back, round 2. Oh, okay. Um, there are moments of people coming out as gay porn stars. Frat pad. Frat pad. Um, what well, else? That, we? Wasn't that already discovered like way early on in the, yeah, in the just, season? I'm just trying to summarize it, Ray. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Uh, girls went to find her dad. 
Um, Turns out he's dead. <laughs> dude, Long Island serial killer. Dude's <laughs> dude's friend gets shot by the cops. Uh, yeah. You know, anything you'd want in a real world episode or a season. Here, here's here's me coming in as a because I honestly I haven't watched the real world since like fucking Los Angeles, like third season or something like that. Well, they're on season twenty five. So. Right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. And so and so that's that's what I have a hard time wrapping my head around. Where it's just like, I mean, basically, does each season just obviously get more and more extreme, for lack of a better term? Where it's just like, all right we got to still find these people that fit these certain narratives and go fucking crazy. And, you know, here's all this weird shit that'll happen to him. Cause I mean, there's a time where that'll end, right? No. Uh, I think it gets let, they get less and less interesting and crazier. Yeah. So they're all, the, they're they all the same more... people, aren't they? Well, what's funny is <laughs> I haven't watched the real world in years and I only watch it for one reason, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, but I for some reason I watched the first episode of the season and kind of just got into it and continued to watch it and found it actually uh, pretty interesting, but it's the first time in a while. It's been pretty stagnant. Um, there were just some good characters that were pretty entertaining this season. Good. Uh, so they do a lot of desert shows, like out you know, it's Vegas. No, so, no. Do they go bat hunting? Oh. Did I hang out with my dad, Marv, in Vegas? No, they pretty hey. much went to the same no. club every single there. night. Yeah, they did. They just went to the same club every night. Yeah, real world is just they just get a group of people that are in college or fresh out of college and then just like put them in a house and they just go drinking. But they get they have a job now. I was about to say, do they still have, do they still have fake jobs? Yeah, they showed about two episodes of them working for the Hard Rock. Oh, uh, okay. Probably just a total of about ten minutes on the entire show. Sweeping up janitorial <laughs> tasks. <laughs> it used to be real though, like when the, the original ones in San Francisco, like a guy had AIDS and they actually had to work for their money. Yeah, Pedro. And I then know. Judd Winnick wrote a story about him, Pedro and me. And Puck was all mean. I remember R- that. Yeah, R- R.I.P. Pedro. Messenger. Rode a bike. That was P- My nickname freshman year of high school was Puck because they, uh, some people thought I looked like that guy. I was like, <laughs> like what? Did you slap all of them? Yeah, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I don't look like Puck. That's rough, man. Yeah, you whatever. the same hair. I know. Like and teeth and eyes. And, yeah. and legs. Face. Okay, so, Attitude. so so yeah, I'm super punk. Um, Scott, what uh? So yeah, real world. That's that sounds interesting. What uh? What else you got? Let me guess. Can I guess? Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> would it be The Bachelorette? It would be. <laughs> Fantastic. This is I what I. It. This is what I have to deal with, guys. This is this is the shit this that is... we deal with. Mike watches a lot of Buffy right now, so there's there's that and. Yeah. That's to- that's tolerable, I guess. Though whatever, Buffy's awesome. The Bachelorette like, is incredible. Ten years too late. Yeah, ba- <laughs> Scott. What is the Bachelorette? That movie that just came out? No, that's Bridesmaids. What's the Bachelorette? A reality hot, show? Hot babe goes out with twenty five guys, narrows it down uh, week by week, oh, yeah, yeah. finds her husband. So she had. To, so does she give them like what's the equivalent of the the rose thing? Right? They give them rose. She they get roses too, but it's like a boutonniere. Boutonniere. I have no idea what that is. Oh, is like that an old timey rose? I guess a rose you pin on their jacket. Yeah. Oh, like a corsage for a dude. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. A dude corsage. <laughs> oh. Got it, Scott. I read a yeah. I read a great article today about uh, Bentley and what he did to almost destroy the entire season. Can you it, forward it to me? Yeah, I'll forward it to you. It's really short, but it's it's pretty funny. 
I, I feel I feel like when you guys talk about this and nerd out about this, it makes me feel like I'm sitting at the dinner table and I'm six years old and my parents are talking about something I don't understand. <laughs> well, it's never too late to learn, right? Yeah, right. Get in, get in on dude, the game. Dude, grow up, man. It's time I, to grow up. I know. I just I, – I, there's something – I guess my big hang-up is I just – I don't um, – I just don't get the appeal. I mean, I see – like, obviously, it's – I like the idea of it where it's like, yeah, let's fucking watch the bachelorette. And like, that's funny, but I can't make that jump to be like, so do you sounds... guys watch it ironically or is it just pure love? It's pure. Okay. It's, 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 it's an pure. show. I mean, it's like, you know, terrible people doing terrible things, but so it's, it's watching monkeys in a cage. Like, but like really shitty monkeys, like not cool, funny monkeys, like immoral, <laughs> Yeah, but it, but it is very entertaining, and then you know you do you do pick out your favorites and you root for them. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like horse racing. We may or may not have uh, have picked uh, everyone who's who watches it with us. Uh, may or may not have picked our our, our pick. Did you for actually? The winner. Did, did you, you put do, mo- like, brackets? Yeah, yeah. You should do brackets. <laughs> we didn't have time to figure out a bracket system, so we just picked one. But, uh, yeah, and you get do they one have like of... a fantasy league for this stuff. I'm sure they do. I feel like there's a there's a fantasy league for everything, dude. Vegas. Yeah, we, we get one elimination, and then we get one buy-in. So we yeah. can select someone else. And by buy-in, it means nothing because we don't have any money on it. But um, Scott, yeah. we should put money on it. Yeah, you I mean, should. Interesting guys, come on. I I'm I'm willing to wager money. Vegas has lines on it. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. All right. Well, All right. then um, that's 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 that. Scott had one more. I know. Oh. What's what's the last one, Scott? <clears throat> this is an album. I don't know much about classical music, but what attracted me most to it was the cover. Um, the artist's name is Akiko Suwani and <laughs> Nicholas Angelic, and it's awesome. So there. How how did you wow. discover how did you discover this? <laughs> um, it was newly released, or I think it was re-released. On radio, audio, and yeah. Sorry, it's not very exciting to talk about, but yeah, class classical music. It does it does it help you program? It does. Sing a few bars. <laughs> is it is it orchestral? No, just violin and piano. Oh wow! Well, that's that's good. This that that's uh, this week in media with uh, Scott Arnold, Mike Minnick. Yeah. You're, Hello. you're, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to talk over your recommendation, but you just so the, the general public knows you, um, you're probably one of the most devoted comic book fans that I personally know. Would it's you, true. would you agree with that sentiment? Yeah, definitely. Would you, comics. what, and just because, I mean, your love for comics is so passionate, I I want you, I want you to be the gateway. So, here's a person that's a casual fan of comics. P- name name like three series that are going on right now, or just characters or whatever that people should pick up just because uh, that could potentially get them into comics in the way that you are into comics. Archie. Okay, but. <laughs> what I do usually before is, like, if it was you, you're into horror, right? Yeah. Like, 
Uh, it depends, like, what genre people are into. Like, some people just aren't into superhero comics, so I don't okay. try. And I give them, like, like I'm really into crime comics, so okay. I usually give people uh, two crime comics I really like. Okay. Uh, it's Criminal, which is this, this cool comic called Criminal. It's just about, it's like crime noir stuff. Just, okay. like, fucked up stories. It's really cool. Uh, and then there's this, this other comic called Scalped, and it's uh, another crime story on uh, Indian Reservation. <gasps> it's kind of like it's kinda, it's super super cool. It's super dark and twisted. Uh, it's kind of like The Wire meets Departed. Wow. Um, on Indian Reservation. Yep, and it's sweet. That that Everyone's sounds just wasted. Uh, the dude that's the <laughs> informant, he's he's on drugs and doing heroin with this girl. It's a stripper that he used to liked. All kinds of crazy stuff. Wow. Guns, shooting, sex. This guy uses a shotgun a lot. That sounds talk like cowboys. Mm-hmm. What a uh, what a uh, what publishing house does both of these? Uh, Vertigo does um, Scalped, and then Criminal is done through Icon, which is um, is like a, uh, is Marvel's like Marvel Comics uh, for specific creators. They kind of have like a uh, the Icon label or imprint where they can do like creator own work outside okay. of like the superhero stuff. Got it. Mm-hmm. They're cool. And what what about what about like one one superhero comic? Um, that's, the Thor and, and Captain America stuff is really cool right now because I got the movies coming out. So mm. the, there's a lot of focus on them. Yeah do they do they tie comic books in like when they're actually getting released? I've never thought about that. Do they tie them in to like the fact that there's a movie coming out? Sometimes not so much. They kind of just what they've been doing recently is like they just started Thor at number one, a new series. Uh, and then they just get like a kind of cool, it doesn't follow the movie stuff so much, but they just try to tell like a story that's accessible. If someone goes and sees the movie and they're like, oh, maybe I want to check out that comic. And then they have a, a starting place instead of like going into like Thor 620 issue. You know? Yeah. And they're like, I don't know what's happening. What? Why is <laughs> Thor a frog? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> Why is there a horse face Thor? I don't know this. <laughs> Didn't, uh, was it Mark? Was yeah, it better Ray Bell? Was it was it Marvel or DC that just said they were going to redo all of their comics starting at issue one? DC Ray, yeah, yeah, that was like yesterday. Yeah, dude, hey, you're on you're on top of it. I know, yeah. Scott. Hey, Scott, you want to yell at me for something that I pay attention to? Wait, can we bring up the the idea of comics on the iPad and if that's a legitimate format or not? I believe it is. They're going to go interactive. Come on. Well, I, I, I mean, we can, we can on, talk about this and have iPad. a debate, but yeah. <laughs> I don't what read about... comics, so uh, I just think that it's it's where it's headed. There's a guy named Mike Mattis who just uh, who's a, he used to be a, a UI designer at Apple, and uh, he did a TED presentation at the most recent TED, um, and he just did a book for Al Gore. Al Gore's like uh, follow up to whatever that book was called, and uh, it's all on the <laughs> iPad and it's interactive. And there's like video, and you can pull it around, and all this other stuff. That's where things are going. So go watch that TED thing. Media. Interesting. Yep. What, so what anyways, about what, yeah. what about the what about the comic book purist? Like Mike, would you ever uh, convert your collection? Because you collect them, right? Mm, I mean, what, like what I do is I buy my monthly comics, and then look in the issues. And then I usually just get rid of those, like give them away to someone or, or just trade them in at the store. And then I like getting like the collected hardcover or like trade oh. paperbacks of them okay. for the shelf. So it's less space and 
you just have the story right there. I like doing that. I don't do so much. I have like some old comics still, but not as many. And I don't, I don't collect them as much. You're a purist. It's about the story. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely about the uh, definitely about the story. I did I did read some comics on Dave's iPad, and I thought it was cool. Like I would maybe subscribe that way and read monthly comics uh, on that. It was really cool, and you know it looks way better. And you can yeah. like you can turn it, and you can make the the each like panel bigger, just stretching it. It's really cool. They're gonna have to figure it out. Because like the thing is that they're gonna you know people are gonna start digitizing the things anyways. And then people are just going to, the kids like who have never gone to a store and never gone to a comic store and bought comics, right, are just going to get these things online and they're going to steal them. So that's what I did. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, it's going to, it's, it's about ease of use. And then like the, 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 you know, I don't know. It's what kids do with music now. They've never been to a record store ever. Yeah. Record store. <laughs> iTunes, yeah, yeah, it's the same thing. But I still think but I'm into it, the iPad and, and and digital comics. But I still want like the comics I really like. I want on my bookshelf. I'll never not have a bookshelf. That's weird. Yeah, like just to have like a like a hard drive with your comics. I don't know music. though. See, kids are gonna be. I mean, it's all about the kids. Come on. Yeah, yeah, right? but I mean. They're going to have some device, and they're going to have everything that they want on it, you know? And, like, they don't know what a book is. It's ridiculous. Some, yeah, but that's, some what's, that's what's interesting is, school. is uh, like, people our age are in the middle of that, or someone like myself. It's going to, I mean, it's, it, it, the, the industry isn't going to disappear overnight. It, it seems like it's the same thing with, with, like, music. Yeah. Like, there's, like, people like, you know, me and Ray, like, uh, we're always going to buy records, but there's kids who are like, I don't need the record, I'm just going to download it off itunes or for free yeah i mean like but you're in you're in the like small minority you know there will always be a niche for it there will always be a collector niche yeah right? yeah and like uh, there, and there's there's something about having something tangible so like but it's gonna for comics it's gonna become it's gonna go digital it just will i mean people are gonna start it's easier to distribute it's cheaper you know they they don't have to maintain a plant there's all these you know to, to actually print the stuff so, and then the kids will just want it on their eye device thing. So <laughs> it's interesting because Ray was talking about like uh, DC Comics announced the other day that they're relaunching all their all their titles with new number ones and doing new origin stories and costume changes for a lot of their characters and making them like younger and more modern. Uh, and then they're also doing day to date, is what they're calling it, for uh, the comics uh, digitally. So the same day the comic comes out, you can buy it on the iPad, or you can go pick it up at the store. And it was—it's like a cool idea. They should do it, but they made the price digitally the same as the comic. So they're both going to be two ninety nine or three ninety nine, which is it should be cheaper to get yeah. like, people to. That's know? that's why that, would you buy it digitally if you can just like go to the store and get it for the same that, price? That's what I noticed. Like, because I I started to uh, read all the Walking Dead comics, and it was just like I was looking to buy them, and then I was like, "Yo, fuck that!" They're like the same price as they are physically, so I would just buy like the you know five or six issue collections, and then I'd have it. So, yeah, uh, yeah. No, that that's that's an interesting debate. I like that. That's that's lively. Industry mm-hmm. talk. I know yeah, yeah. from from, pe- talk. from people that are not involved with com- the comic book industry in any way, shape, or form. Nope. <laughs> no, we're mavens. We're industry mavens. It's very you know stuff. Trailblazers. Trailblazers. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I write, dude, I write, I write uh, Marvel and DC comic fanfic. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, I've got I my Dazzler story. You do. You he do. Roller skates around. He's a French <laughs> he, Bulldogs. Takes he lots re- of baths. He reblogs stuff on Tumblr all the time. He's practically <laughs> working for Marvel. Exactly. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, thank you, Mike. I didn't mean to, you know, steamroll anything that you wanted to speak about, but I just thought that your expertise would be uh, much appreciated in this uh, in this medium, since Scott, Joey, and I really have very little knowledge about that. No, that's um, that's fine. I'm usually the one talking about it, uh, not because anyone asked. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. It's true. It's so true, uh, Joey. What do you, what, what about yourself? What do you got? Uh, what do you got going on? Uh, I have. Wait, I just forgot one. But I will uh, talk about a future, future thing that I will be enjoying come June twenty second, and that is the challenge rivals, uh, which is going back. Which is why I would originally watch the real world at least the first couple episodes, so I'd get to know the people who would be the new people on the challenge. But we can talk about that a lot more come June twenty second. Uh, real, real quick, that is a show that is like the worst of the real world people doing horrifying things, right? Yes, and it's okay. hands down the best, probably my favorite show on TV. <laughs> All right. it, it's the, the best reality show ever. I, I really love this challenge show you're talking about, and then The Wire, Deadwood, you know. But this challenge thing you're talking about, it's the best show. <laughs> it is the best. Okay, it's the best reality show. Okay. I don't know if I don't know if you've watched Chloe and Lamar, but that show's pretty good, Joey. No, I have not. Right? <laughs> you make fun of us for watching The Bachelorette. Uh, moving on, um, I would like to talk about a couple records. Um, I guess specifically because at one point we were going to review them, so I, I've been listening to them a lot. But I would like to talk about them regardless. Um, the first being the new Death Cab for Cutie, uh, called Codes and Keys. Um, Ray and I have briefly talked about it a little. Um, I've, I've probably listened to it probably 10 to 11 times at this point, And I think I like it. Uh, it's, but I don't know if I like it because it's a death cab record or because it's good. Um, I don't really know. It's just weird. It doesn't, that's a, that's a scary sign to me. Yeah. Like it's the first death cab record that I've ever heard where I've been like, I don't know about this. Like, the more I listen to it, like, songs pop out at me that I'm like, oh, okay, I like this song. Like, the song Codes and Keys and uh, Underneath the Sycamore. Like, those songs are awesome. That song's great. Um, but a record as a whole, it's just, it's kind of weird. I mean, it's it's definitely, I knew what they're they're trying to do something different. But I can't tell if they're successful yet. It's going to take, I think, many more listens for me to, to figure that out. Um D- does anybody else like Death Cab in 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 the in the digital room, so to speak? Not a big Not really. fan. Yeah, I think. No. <laughs> I, I knew this. I knew this would. I knew this would be a Joey and Ray conversation. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, have at it. Yeah, I'll pee real quick. Anyway, <laughs> Mike has the bladder. Uh, it's the size of a peanut, so there's going to be a few pee breaks. You're going to have to edit out. Oh, I'm I'm intimately familiar with his his, his pee. Oh, that's his, right. This small pea bladder. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I think Joey will probably end up reviewing it on uh, the next podcast that we do because uh, our guest will probably come around. Um, okay. 
So I mean, we won't go too much into it, but I, I, I echo your sentiments. I, I feel I'm feeling stronger about it the more I listen to it. Yeah. I haven't listened to it as much as you have, but there was definitely, um, to me, the record is strongest from like track five on, um, the first few tracks are just kind of, I don't know. It's just weird. I don't understand bands these days where it's just like, you have to hit people. Like within the first three tracks, if you don't grab a person, like you're kind of lost. And I don't, I I just find, I find the first, especially the first two tracks just to be kind of like, eh, like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I said, I really like the second track. I like, I think that's one of the best songs on the record, but I think the first song, the first song sounds like a last song. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, it's just it's weird. It's it's a record that if you're not a Death Cab for Cutie fan already, this is not where you would want to start. I would like, agree. I feel like it's a like old time. Like I've been listening for a while and can see what they're doing. Like I don't see this being successful in the mainstream. Um, like I don't even think that you are a tourist song. I think it's a good song, but I don't think it's it it doesn't have the the hooks that you know, their other singles have had Dave, this is going to be really random, but, um, I of course stalk your last FM page just because that's what you do with your friends. <laughs> um, all right. A, you... a quick note on that. Like, Please. that is the music that I listen to while I work. Right. We can go into all that, but you know, I have weird. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. No, no, that's fine. I mean, that the, the one thing that stands out to me above all else is you have a lot of August burns red. It's, uh, because, for whatever reason, I lay out like user interface stuff to that to those records really well. Nice. I don't even like that band. Sure. Well, <laughs> this that, is that... why I'm putting that. I, I mean, I like what's going on in my head when I sure. listen to it. I, it's so weird. But anyways, yes. And that and that's why like it was it always because you've never for as long as I've known you personally, you've enjoyed heavy music but you know you're yeah. select you're selective about it and august burns red is like definitely a sore thumb in your collection where it's just like really it, like yeah and i listen to a lot of it a lot of it it's, <laughs> yeah it's it's horrifying how much i listen to it like what so I, like i have synesthesia right like whatever right and uh like i hear colors kind of thing and so uh-huh. i have to listen to music when i work right which is why i i scrabble everything right sure so sure. like if i'm working on a certain project i can go back to last fm and check to see what i was listening to um when i made something that was good so like what i found is when i lay out like you know something that somebody needs to click and you know boring stuff whatever <laughs> the best stuff that i produced comes when i listen to august burns red and the chariot for whatever that, reason that i you i love the fact that you're able and see, I think that's what's so interesting about what the the age that we're in, where we're able to track the data that we output, like whether it's like listening to music or whether that's like, you know, tracking your workouts, whatever the case may be, where yeah. you're able to like really identify the things that you're like, hey, I'm most productive during this time listening to this music or whatever the case may be. And, so. and I'm, I'm typically not that, like, disciplined about stuff, you know? But music, <laughs> particularly, for whatever reason, like, Last FM is, is, a, is a godsend. But I don't know how they're going to stay in business, but that's a whole different story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can, I, can I chime in with one more thing I just thought of? Of course. Because I think it's a great record. Um, Did you raise your hand? I mean... <laughs> Digitally. Continue. I raised my voice, Mike. Um, <laughs> Uh, the new Algernon called Wallet a record. 
It's called Parrot Flies, and it sounds like the last record, pretty much. But it's very good, and they're it, a gr- great band. I don't know if ex- you, you explain. Ex- ex- explain. Yeah, ex- name forty <laughs> times fast. Forty. <laughs> Three. Algernon called Wallet or Algernon called Wallet or Algernon called Wallet. Uh, I almost Algernon called Wallet. Walleter. Walleter. How do you spell that? Uh, what? Sorry, putting you, I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> oh, well, I'm looking at it right now, so it's pretty easy. Spell it backwards. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you want me to spell it? Yeah, the last, the, the wallet, walleter. C-A-D-W-A-L-L-A-D-E-R. Cab. Okay. I could be saying it wrong also. Uh, yeah, ex- explain that to the uninitiated. I believe ex- you. Explain uh, it to, uh, to the uninitiated, Joey. They are a band from the Philadelphia area who uh, very reminiscent of like um, I completely just drew a blank of the name of the band I was trying to. Ink and Dagger. Cap, Not, cap, cap, cap and Jazz. Cap and Jazz. There we go. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, That's good. But nice. it's maybe not as weird. I think it's kind of easier to listen to than Cap and Jazz, for me at least. Um, and, yeah, it's really cool. I got to see them at Play a House Show out here a few months back, and it was amazing. Um, so, yes, they're great. They're- they're a band that exists so under the radar. Like they exist on the digital medium. Like, you know, they have like a blog and they have some social networking pages, but they don't, they don't push themselves out at all. They kind of, they release their own records. Like it's this super strange anomaly of a band that is really popular, but has no desire to be successful in any way, shape or form like, besides just like from their name. Right. <laughs> I mean, they, like, right. Do you know they're in California right now? Yeah. Like they, yeah, they, they're playing someplace in LA I've never heard of tonight, yeah. I believe. Yeah. And they just, um, they, and there'll be 200 people there. Right. And it's just, it's, it's so strange. Like I tripped, a, I tripped on this band like a year ago and it was like, I think it was just through a friend of a friend recommended it. And then I was like, I, you know, from one listen, I fell in love with it because it just, it hits all of the, mid nineties emo indie stuff that, you know, a lot of us grew up with and, but they're just kind of doing it in their own twist with their own sentiments. And yeah, I, I agree, Joey, it's a very good record. So I've got a band that is evidently mixed by Algernon Caldewater's Joe Reinhardt. I'm looking at it right now. I was going to ask you about this monument, which is in the same genre, which is a fantastic record. It's Captain okay. Jazz, American football braid kind of deal. Oh, love it. That stuff's yep. classic. You'll you'll love that record. It's only eight bucks too. So oh, I'll put a link to that thing on Bandcamp. Well, I like you. it. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I I recently read that uh, the the Promise Ring may be doing some sort of reunion stuff shortly. I saw that. Uh, never, Mike. Did you get into Promise Ring? Yeah, man, they're pretty good. I never, never. I don't know. I mi- I missed a step there. I don't know what and happened. Sarah would do great on American Idol, I think. <laughs> Really yeah, he, prob- he probably would do He's, well. He sings out of key. He does. <laughs> little pitchy, little pitchy. I, I got the refer. I, I got the reference. Good thank comedic you. timing, Mike. <laughs> um, well, thank you for explaining your August Burns Red uh, obsession, Dave. Because I just always, I never asked you, and just always would see it, and was like, oh, yeah. that's, that's oh, curious. It's gonna keep. It's gonna keep popping up. They had that's... some new song come out, like, and I, I, I like checked it out. 
and yeah. it's got like some weird like corn parts in it. It may be where we we part ways. It, <laughs> it may be that it's going to start making me create horrible looking things. So that's <laughs> the thing that derails it. You should just listen to Cornway design. I should. That would make some awful things. Oh, that's spectacular. Hey, Scott, yeah. being a Scott, Scott is also in the internet uh, design business as well. Would you? Uh, you say that music directly relates to what you're programming, right? Or what you're designing? Uh, I'm the opposite. I don't want to listen to anything. I just want really? to hear I just want to hear music that blocks out the noise. So like people, 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 people. Well see, I do that too. Like uh I was gonna suggest a, a band that I listen to like uh, a lot lately. This band Frederick. I think they're like Swedish or Swiss or something like that. Okay. And uh it's just I, I don't know, like Maybe Yonzi kind of Sigur Ross, but not depressing. So, yeah, got it. Some new record called Flora. Okay, that sounds that sounds up my alley. Yeah, I just yeah, it's it's bleepy bloppy, but not really. Also, the uh, do you know that game Sword and Sorcery? Yeah, it's for the iPhone, iPad. Jim Guthrie did the soundtrack for that. Oh yeah, that's cool. It's very good. Like uh, you can get it on Bandcamp for like seven bucks or something. Um, yeah. I forgot to do some media, Ray. I'm not surprised. Can I, go, can I go backwards? Of course. Open forum. I'd like to suggest Game of Thrones. I'm caught up now, Scott. My I still need to watch that. Uh, yeah, I really want to see it. David's on the books, books, though. Yeah. It's incredible. It's really cool. I don't know how HBO is going to continue to pay for it. Yeah, it'll be like Rome. It'll get really awesome and then disappear. Well, the the story, the books are enormous. The guy, well, the guy's going to die before he finishes them. So, yeah, yeah, they're still uh, being produced. Yeah, no, he's he's been doing it for like twenty five or thirty years or something Jesus. like that. How many all. books are there? He's also like ninety or something. So there are five, I believe, and they're each like a thousand pages long. I may be exaggerating, but they seem a thousand pages long. Do you know if? And, I'm sorry. Continue. No, go ahead. I was going to say, do you know if the show starts from book one? I'm actually not sure. Like, so uh, Mike and I were supposed to watch it, but it's been on our yeah to do list. Scott, I would I would say because I was I was finding it a little slow, but it was around episode six where it picked up, and then episode seven, which was on last week, which is dating this, but that's fine, uh, was amazing. I concur. Yeah, Joe, Joey, knowing my taste intimately well, should I watch this show? I think you would enjoy it. I mean, it's it's honestly this is I I mean I think I've seen some comparisons to this, so I don't think I'm too far off base. But it's kind of just like The Sopranos, but in another time. Okay. I mean, it's it's just like different families. I mean, granted, the books could be completely different. Who knows? But the way it's you know, I don't know. It's it's. I think you would enjoy it. Okay. I'm, I'm just I know always... either, but I heard a lot of things that the, that the books are similar. To uh, to the show, and there's like Which a huge crazy. enormous cast, yeah. and like well, that's that's the hardest part for me is remembering names when they'll be talking about someone. And be like, wait, who the hell is that? Because there's, <laughs> yeah, that, there's a that's lot. That's how the books are. The books are are expansive. They've I, got like thirty stories going on at the same time. Like, I feel like I need to take notes. It's kind of <laughs> like that, yeah. Hmm. Um, right. I recently watched them all over again for the second time. I feel yeah. like I need to do that. I think that really helped. So recently, Lady Gaga put out a new record. And it sold, I believe, 1.2 million the first week, 1.1 million. 
Yep. And they were saying that almost 700,000 of those were to the uh, Amazon sale. The first day it came out, they had it for sale for a dollar, and they were saying 700,000 of those were due to that. And that's crazy. That's, that's cheating. Like, but it's not. Yeah. How, how, how is that cheating? Just because she doesn't need to make any more money. So, <laughs> like, I think that's absolutely genius. But it, it devalues the, the album. I, dis- her, I mean, her album's valuable. I'm sure someone's paying for it. <laughs> I mean, I get they're making money where it would have been stolen otherwise. Yeah, so. they, they, they would have, they sold, outside of that, they would have sold 400,000 copies. Like, which which that would be like the new Britney Spears record. Yeah, and it'd be like I mean, that's, that's got to get. It's so they sold it for a dollar. A dollar. That's got to get cut up so much. I mean, for, for I guess for one day it was a dollar, and they sold seven. Oh. I mean, I bought it. Oh, there you go. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it, like, you might as well buy it. I wouldn't so. have paid ten dollars for it, but I'd pay a dollar for it. Yeah, I think it's genius. So I got it. I got it on red vinyl. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Mike, Lady Gaga vinyl. Mike pre-ordered it. Mm-hmm. It's just melted. You can't play it, <laughs> dude. It's That's, art. It is art. It's it is it is art. Um, I just wanted to talk about two records <clears throat> that I've been listening to. Uh, the new small brown bike called Fell and Found. Um, I've been listening to it a lot recently because uh, I've always liked this band a ton and I always thought what they did was really cool, even though at the very beginning it was just basically a terrible Jawbreaker ripoff um, or terrible Jawbreaker slash Hot Water Music ripoff. Um, I thought the band developed into something cool. And then, um, yeah, this new record, it, it it took me about two or three listens to warm up to. But after that, I, I got into it and I got where they were coming from. But, the interesting thing uh, that I th- it just kind of brings up to me is the fact that um, I was listening to it. My wife walks by the computer and was like, who is that? And she was like, is that Stave Saker? And I was like, no, it's <laughs> I, was, I was like, I was like, no, it's a small brown bike. And she's like, that band is still around. And it got me thinking where it's like we're at a day and age where bands literally don't need to break up. I mean, obviously, they need to break up if they, like, you know, hate each other and don't want to play together anymore. Um, but, you know, certain bands where it's just like, hey, we, you know, we like each other, but we just, we're just busy. We just got real life and, you know, have to make money and do all these other things that... Fugazi. Ha- whatever, yeah. But they're able to, you know, write a new record. I wouldn't say Fugazi just because they're, they don't release records very consistently. No, they've never broken up. Right. But that, that, you know, every so often, every like three to four years, they put out a new record and, you know, it kind of just, the band exists to maybe play like, you know, two or three shows a year. And I just think so many bands exist now like that because they're able to exist. And it just gets me stoked because it's like, I mean, obviously it doesn't get me stoked if terrible bands are continuing on a tradition of paying, playing bad music, but bands that are able to exist in this weird sort of bubble of like being exposed but not overexposed you know because i think that's what a lot of bands did i mean especially like you know curl up and die that's an example you guys toured your asses off and then you guys became burnt out on that and you know that kind of led to the end of the band would you agree mike yeah definitely like that brings up a good point because i actually heard uh, i think from fugazi like an interview from one of those guys 
around the time we broke up and they're like why we're not playing we don't know if we will play again together or what but they're like why do we have to say we broke up like why do we have to break up like why do bands have to break up like why can't they just stop playing i mean if you break up and you start a new band or you fight but why do you i mean there's a reason why Curl and i broke up because we weren't going to play together you know and if we, you know um but it's just kind of weird like if you don't it seems if you're not active you have to break up right that's weird and I, and i don't and i think and that's what i think is changing now where it's like people are more accepting of the fact whether it's because music is more easily accessible and you know you, you, a band doesn't have to tour 300 and you know 65 days a year in order to be you know exposed from that sense of the term but i mean obviously you can you, you can be on hiatus and still communicate that's right. So, and like before yeah. you had to have a show or, or like be promoting or something like that or on the road to get in touch with anybody or get that's, in a zine, which is like, you know, Western <laughs> Union kind of set up. So <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll think about it because it's, I, Carl and I broke up like five, six years ago. I'd just be curious because I haven't done a band since then, like to do a band now with the way like music is digitally, like how, do social yeah. media. like even just touring everyone has yeah. iPhones. Do, a, do an august burns red cover band mike should mike i'm uh. still waiting for the last girl to die show so who isn't who isn't just make it happen we did one no you did it in ventura it, yeah you never yeah. played a real last show though <laughs> any you never he, played he, a last show in vegas is what you didn't do yeah that's what you're mean a last show in vegas i just and i he, just want you guys to play again and what's funny is ray and i have the perfect medium for that moving on and it, Mike also declined all of my requests to play all of the Taken shows that we've reunited and made millions of dollars off of. So way to go, Mike. You fucked that one up. It, it was, it's not me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so, yeah, anyways, that's that's a small brown bike record. Um, and then, Joey, you, you have I was, thoughts? I was just going to say that record still hasn't grown on me, but I'm trying. Yeah. Okay. That's all. The... Uh, I know Scott Arnold will probably have an opinion on it, and, and Minnick and, and Dave may uh, as well. Um, I know Joey probably wouldn't check this out, um, but I, I granted I am making an assumption on that. <laughs> the uh, the new Yesu record uh, called Ascension. Your assumption uh, is correct. Yeah, I, I figured. I know you've never been a big Yesu fan. Um, yes, yeah, so this is uh, Justin Broderick of Godflesh and a million other projects. His his band's new record. Um, for about a year and a half, I was obsessed with basically anything Justin Broderick did. I mean, he, he shit on tape, and I, I bought it on red vinyl like Mike did with Lady Gaga. <laughs> um, I Anything he did, I liked. and so. But then I, I grew past that stage because then he just he kept releasing so much stuff, whether it was like more Yesu stuff, more like side project stuff, and it just became – it became work to keep up with him. Um so yeah, that it, my my obsession slowly died, and that was maybe about a year and a half, two years ago. But um, his new record, I enjoy. I don't freak out over it, but um, I definitely think it's cool, and I think it's cool because uh, it's released on Calo Verde, which is um, uh, totally blanking on his name. Oh yeah, Mark Kozlik. I always pronounce the guy's name wrong. He's the lead singer of uh, the Red House Painters and Sun Kill Moon. Um, so. And he was also in the movie Shop Girl, for those of you keeping track of stupid shit yes. that you shouldn't keep track of. Um, Can I, I haven't so, heard this record, wait, but wait. I am a fan of the band. 
Is okay. This the, is this the first record not on Hydrahead? I mean, I'm completely ignorant. Uh, it, so. Yeah, you know. yeah. This this is well. Yeah, sorry, Scott is correct. This is like the first proper full length. Okay. I'd say that's what I was going for. Yeah, because he's he's released I don't know others. If that's exactly true either. Well, what what did he do? Otherwise, that Infinity record. That was like one really long song. That's a record. Oh, that was on Warp, wasn't it? Or some weird shit? No, that was his label, Avalanche. Oh, that's right. That's right. But I'd love to know the story. Maybe there was a fallout. Uh, I don't know. It could be. Who knows? Maybe Um, maybe we could call him and have him on the next episode. Yeah, we'll call up Mark Thompson of Hydrahead. Wasn't Curl Up and Die talking to Hydrahead at one point? No. uh, I remember um, Aaron Turner, the ISIS dude. Yeah. Singer. He he contacted us after our first full length and said he liked our song. It kind of sounded like ISIS, the slow song. He's like, I'm into it. And I was hyped. <laughs> and that's about. And then I, he and then I saw them once and talked to him, but it was never like us talking to Hydrahead, just like yeah. more like fan stuff. That's good. And I heard recently, I, before right before they broke up, because I was really into the last record. Uh, he was mentioning on his blog how hyped he was like uh, about comics and getting back into them. And I was like, damn, that's right. Interesting <laughs> note, huh? That, that is an interesting note. Other people like comics. It's true. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. Did you did you see Thor? And are you excited about X-Men and Green Lantern? Uh, actually, me and Dave saw Thor two nights ago. Yep. Finally, uh, I was really into it. I thought it was cool. The best character was the hammer. Majorner. <laughs> Majorner. Majorner. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I'm really ex- I didn't really know that much about the X-Men First Class movie, but I saw trailers and it's got good reviews, so I'm really excited to see it. What what about Captain uh, America? That's the one I'm really really excited about. That one looks cool. It does look good. And then Josh Whedon's doing the Avengers next year where all those guys will team up. Do you uh, Green touch- Lantern I'm going to pass on. It looks pretty crappy, crappy, right? Yeah, and I'm not there's a Green, lot of effects Green, in it. Green Lantern is a terrible comic book character anyways. I don't know anything about the it's comic It's really book popular character. right now, but yeah. I'm not that into it. It sucks. Yeah. Stupid ring. Stupid uh, elf. It, basic, <laughs> the Green Lantern and fucking Green Arrow, those guys always piss me off. Anyone green. Yeah, Get I don't know why. Here. Did you like the Green Hornet? I didn't see it. That movie was okay, but... Yeah, it was don't... entertaining. I tolerated it. It's got that dude from the pregnant movie. It does have the right? guy from the pregnant movie. I'm, I have Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> Jr. I, I listen to we'll... some music lately, guys. You want me to tell you real quick? I'd love what it is here. it? Uh, I got the new Cave-In record, and I like that a lot. Do you... can't deal with it. I like it. It's cool. I, it's not that cool. I think no, not that cool. It's, it's got good parts, and then it gets all hippie weird and not into it. I don't. Did you with... did you get the vinyl? No. The vinyl looks really cool. Yeah, Aaron, yeah. Aaron, Aaron, the packaging is cool. Yeah, Aaron Turner did the art with his wife. Sweet, yeah, I saw the cover. I haven't seen the inside or anything, but it's cool, man. And that dude's voice, uh, the bass player. Yeah, he looks so good at screaming. That's it's the best part of it. Right it just now. needs to be all that, and get rid of all the the Stephen Brodsky. Uh, I don't know crooning. But see, I like that stuff. I think. I mean, Jupiter is my favorite record. Yeah, and that's what I, I, I thought it was kind of cheesy when they went back to playing songs off until your heart stops. 
See, I like that, and I think they did it well. Like this record's a good mix of everything all those guys do. Uh, see, I don't. There's like heart. It seems like it's all Caleb on it to me. Like the majority of it. Yeah. Um, that's that's the bassist guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can see it's super heavy. That's why. That, well, that's what, that's the song. Sing my loves is hands down the best song on the record because it's the like Beatles song. It's like the no, eight, no, no, it's no, like no. the eight minute long song that combines like everything that Caven has ever done. Uh, yeah, it's, it's their portfolio. <laughs> that, that's honestly exactly what it is. Yeah, I'm like, I'm divide. I'm like split half and half on the record. I think that there are some good songs, but my problem with the record is I don't feel, um, I don't feel like Caven's cohesive anymore. I think they just kind of, just because they're not a full time band and they're not as focused as they once were, um, they you know kind of just write songs and you know they they put together a record of songs, but you know Jupiter, it's like that was a journey, you know, and so is obviously until your heart stops, um, and you know even a little bit of Antenna, but once to me that was when Caven was excelling at writing like a full record as opposed to like I like songs off the record as opposed to yeah it's wow. more like tracks well, but that's still yeah I like all I mean, the songs there's one I don't really like like it's like yeah. the last song well when otherwise. it when it says like you know recorded from you know sometime in 09 to sometime in 2010 it's like they would just write a song and go record it and it's like yeah yeah there's no it doesn't flow from one track back to another it's just and, and i just find it so weird because steve brodsky was uh, i mean he was obsessive compulsive over Caven and the way that his solo stuff worked and he was just always so such a stickler for details that i find it so strange that now he's kind of just like yeah you know i mean it's cool that he's so casual to release stuff now but i just find it weird because that's not how he was but people change and that's obviously okay maybe the dream is dead I think probably his blood pressure is too high now, and so you had to let something go. <laughs> that's pr- I know that that's feeling, man. I know that, that feeling. That is, that is, that is undoubtedly true. Mm-hmm. Mike, what else have you been listening to? Um, well, it's not like super new. I guess it came out this year, but uh, Cloud Kicker. Everything that dude does. Oh, here comes I Ray's- love Cloud Kicker. Here comes Ray's boner. Dude, so <laughs> good. Cloud Kicker. Well, that's, did, that's did, a worthy boner. Did, did Riley get you into that? Because he got me into it. Uh, yeah, I think I think because he got Dave into it, and Dave yeah. showed me, and then I just went nuts. Yeah, Riley Riley posted a, he posted something about it, and then I went because everything was free. I went down yeah. it and just looped it forever. So yeah, it it it, it creates a mood that is like it, it just reminds me of music that you listen to that you're just like you forget where you are. You're like, what's happening? And then you kind of like shake back into life, and you're like, holy shit, that was incredible. Nebula sludge, dude. Oh. It's it's awesome. You're right. Like I work to it, and it's amazing. I can like sit and read to it. Um, you just walk around and look at stuff and read. Yeah. I was running to it the other day. I felt like the Terminator, like a huge tank. I was like, I'm unstoppable. I'm gonna fuck some shit up. He it's he will. He, ben is the man behind it, and he will be a future guest on the podcast at some point. So sweet. I, I had an idea. I was listening to it, and I was like, maybe I'll just like record my like some vocals over some of the songs and stuff. Like just as a fun thing to do on my own. Sure. Uh, you know, he's he's cool. down. I'm he, sitting there listening to it. So. He's down. He's down for collaboration. I know he has. So like, I was emailing with him maybe a few months ago, and you know, just kind of talking to him about stuff. And he, the people that hit him up and get in contact with him are just like the most like. The most recent record he did, he got this like crazy drum programming um, machine 
that you know cost thousands of dollars but the the company gave it to him because they knew that he would make it sound good and make it sound awesome and people would be curious about what he used and so then he pimped mm-hmm. it and it was like dude best marketing they've ever done and yeah, so yeah, it's just really cool. And he's See, it's just a, to, you would probably know this. Like tons of people listen to Cloud Kicker. I'm curious. I, I, I get the I get the sense that people know of him, and he's getting way more exposed now. Where it's like he's actually doing like interviews, um, and you know people like know what he looks like as opposed to this like mystery dude that just creates this music in his bedroom. <laughs> he well, he put out that newer record and like actually charged for it and stuff. Yeah, so, exactly. Uh, that, and that was, I think that's what kind of got people to pay attention because he was like, oh, like I'm charging for music. And I think record labels contacted him. And, you know, I know that. Yeah, before that, it seemed like some just side project that some dude's making, which was fantastic. So, Fine. Yeah. You know, but, yeah. He doesn't play shows, right? No, no. He's, he's a full time commercial airline pilot. That really that makes complete sense. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. When I saw no. him, he looked different like it, than I thought he would. I wasn't like too surprised, but I like to imagine that he looked like Thor. <laughs> <laughs> just, just jamming on some drums. Yeah. Like eight instruments at once. Dude, for sure. So, but yeah, I, I bought I bought all of this stuff that I could. I bought the vinyl. I bought the CD, and was like, here you go. This music, this money is going to a good cause. Without further ado, I think we should maybe uh, dig into a little of the uh, the interview questions, if uh, Dave and Mike would not mind at all. Yeah, no problem. Sweet. Well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll kind of skip back and forth from because um, obviously Mike will will kind of concentrate on your your time and curl up and die, and then Dave will obviously concentrate on uh, you know the carbon made stuff and you know how how the uh, inception of the company, all that type of stuff. And we won't get too boring with those questions because I know you've probably answered them before in some medium. So Mike, yeah, obvious, obviously our history. And I know you and Joey's history all relies on the fact that, you know, you sang for curl up and die and, you know, taken and curl up and die toured for, you know, many, many times together. Um, and you know, that I've just, you know, given a kind of a history for people that have no idea of, where we know each other um where where was the moment when you were doing the band and you know things were doing really well for you guys was there ever a point where you were like this is it i'm pretty sure that we're able to make this work and like be you know be 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 the next coalesce or be that band that is able to kind of do this as a full-time thing for a while or 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 the or the complete opposite were you ever just like were you just kind of along for the ride and seeing kind of where it went Yeah I mean it kept I remember one one instance when we were on right when we were on Status Records or right before the thought I was like if we could just be on Status Records that's crazy it was insane to me because in high school I was like oh, if I'm in a band like we'd be so cool to be in a label and actually get to play shows put out records you know and then I remember talking to some of the bandmates, being like, "If we if we got on like if we get on any label, we could be on like I'd be on Status. That's so cool. It'd be so fun." And then we're on Status, and then I was like, Wait. "You know." And then you just keep wanting to do more and growing, but you're like reaching all the goals you have in your mind, or at least I did. Yeah, and it just became it just kept surprising me. Probably the first time I got back from touring the U.S., like going out, still was like kids. 
like going all across the U.S. and then coming back and it actually like was successful and worked out. And maybe at that point, yeah, where you're like, wow, maybe we maybe we can actually give this the the good old college try. Uh, from an outside standpoint, I guess. I remember you guys would go out on tour, and it was all it was it was almost a constant surprise that anything was happening. So, like you know you'd get a tour or whatever it, it, it was it was never easy like for curl up and die as far as i heard anyway there was always something in the way you know because they were in vegas which was out of the way you know they had to play shows somewhere else to to get a following and all this stuff and there was you know there's money problems and all the the normal stuff that makes sense dave because i always know i mean it was funny because since taken and curl up and die were obviously you know we were playing shows together and kind of you know on the rise together as it were like as far as touring more and that type of stuff but there were definitely distinct moments where i was like fuck dude like curl up and die is getting big and like how come taken's not like maybe maybe we need to be heavier not like i was really thinking in the business sense was it the thrice coheed tour that did that ray when curl up and curl up and die did a thrice coheed tour yeah some at the troubadour twice and i think the glass house oh fuck i couldn't remember that yeah who Uh, was it was it hot water on that also yeah, it was that tour. That's a good tour. Okay, sorry. That, continue. No, that's the. Well, I, I just I couldn't remember that. So I mean, I mean, I'm I, talking for Mike again, but <laughs> <laughs> he can talk for me. All right, no problem. I'm, I'm I'm his publicist, so I mean, that's when he really knew when he hired me is to do his PR. That they had made it. <laughs> that's good. I don't like I, because you know I, this weird thing because I had already moved away during a lot of this stuff, and so I I you know. Early on, taking curl up and die tours and all that stuff, I was at a lot of those shows, almost all of them, you know. And yeah. uh, like we would go out to California together and stuff like that. But it, you know, I got a job and had to do things, so like I drifted away from it a little bit. But I talked to Mike through that entire process. He would call me from the road and stuff like that. And like it, it just seemed like there were bigger audiences, but the same sort of deal, you know, like. <laughs> That that was my takeaway from it. Like, hey, we've got, you know, like more people, and we're touring with Thrice, and that's great. But you know, it it wasn't like, oh, we've made it now. Look, like we're playing in front of way more people, and and this is going to become a real thing. It was just a surprise, at least from Mike's standpoint, from what I heard. Yeah. Anyways, so I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that makes sense. I think that a lot of that has to do with the mentality that we all kind of approach doing bands, you know, it's like we didn't start bands with the intention of making them into a business. You know, we just like to play music. I think that was definitely true of curl up and die. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, it's, it's like meeting thrice and, and like those guys or whatever, and seeing their approach to things was like, it, they, they were the, the first like sort of band on the rise that I got to meet anyway. And, like, their approach and Nick Bogardis and all that stuff, like, their approach to treating it as a business, right? And, like, and then Curl Up and Die was over here. And, like, Mike, you can answer this. But it was still, like, this band that should be playing house shows, you know, that had music that was good enough to be big, you know. But I don't know. There were all these things in the way sort of kind of thing. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, we we didn't think about it as a business at all. And then we had to make those decisions it was just like scary or we just like try to figure it out real quick. Right. Like, Oh wait, we have to go on a tour. Wait, we need a van. How the fuck did we get a van? Okay. <laughs> let's figure out what to do to get a van. 
this was the narrative. Like, I remember I talked to Mike and he's like, we have to do some like basic band thing. Right. And like, I think, you know, in terms of business stuff, a little more, I guess. I'm like, oh, you just have to do this, this and this and find somebody who knows how to do this stuff. And it was it, not like that at all. <laughs> it, was, it was like the polar opposite of that. Like, you know, everybody's sort of scrambling to make something happen and hacking it all together. And like yeah. sort of towards the end, you know, I was doing the artwork or whatever. And like I was understanding how to brand things a little bit better and, and whatever. And like putting together a look and this this, you know, idea that there whatever, there's something more coherent. And you know, Rev wanted them to be something else, I think. And that there was just not this idea that it could be this coherent package, I guess. Did Curl and I ever go to Europe? Yeah. How'd you guys do over there? We're- we did well. Um it was consistently, consistently better. It was none of our best shows. It was never like California or Vegas, or, um, but it was consistently better. We only had like one or two shows that were kind of like bum outs. How many times did you go over there? Just one time, but it was for like five weeks. Yeah, you did like, what was it, 30-something shows in a row or something. Yeah, we just, we just did a ton of stuff. Um yeah, and it was fun. It was cool. Delicious. I did have a funny story because we had three days off the whole tour. And uh, the driver we had was a super straight-edge dude that just lives in an earth crisis. The super, awesome. super straight-edge uh, uh, German dude. Uh, on one of the days off, I was like, well, I want to go to Prague because I'm Czech. And I got to check this shit out. We're not playing there. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, oh, I don't know if we can. It, it, you'll waste the whole day driving there because it's 15 hours away. And I know I'm not from Europe, but I can read a map. And I looked, and I'm like, if we just drove three hours and it's an inch long, and he's saying Prague is is 15 hours, but it's half an inch, how can it take that long? And I just, like, asked other people, and just, like, they were just like, no, dude. It's just like, it'll take, like, three hours to get there. And I just told the driver, I was like, I don't care if it takes all day. Let's drive. And he's like, okay, but it's going to take all day. And it took three hours. (laughs) And I went to Prague, and it was awesome. You like Mike Minnick, everybody. Mike Minnick. No, you nailed that it. That was a story about how Mike got to Prague and there was a logistical problem. <laughs> Did you, you call the drive route once you got there? No. I just was like, let's just do this. I just push through. German. You, like that? Trying to, trying you can to cut that story out if you want. No, it's it's a, more just to talk to you guys about, you know, you guys are my friends. There's a story about a German guy. Yeah. I, think it's a good, I think it's a good story. Total, totally, totally relevant. You got what you wanted, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> That's a story about success and perseverance and <laughs> reading a map. That's about reading a map. Mm-hmm. Um, the now on the flip side of that, uh, you know, the idea of you know you trying to make it as a band. What about um, if you remember any of the? I'm sure there was a few, but like the lowest point where you were like, "This is the worst shit ever. We need to break up immediately. I can't believe we're still doing this." Well, a lot of a, a lot of the problems were the 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 stop and go and waiting for all of us to to do the band full time and kind of like working around people's school schedules. Sure. And and then uh, that was pretty much the reason we we ended up breaking up at the end is uh, I wanted to go full time and just do every tour we had at least to make up for lost time when we were part time. And uh, Jesse, the drummer, didn't want to, like, he wanted to pick and choose tours and not tour as much after he was out of school. And, and I was just like, well, if we're not going to do this 
for real at this point, uh, I just not do it because I don't. I can't like just sit around and you know they just be a part time band. Sure. Because I wasn't in school and it, I wanted to do it that way. Well, there's some dark times with like Gus. Yeah, and, and I had the bass search for a while, like, trying to find a bass player. I think I think the I mean that probably also has to do with the fact that you guys you know in Vegas like there wasn't a ton of people to select from a music pool as it were. <laughs> yeah, I remember doing our first. We thought we were gonna have a second guitar player before we became a four piece, um, and just trying guys out through Vegas, and then we had a couple guys from California come out, and it was it just was not going well, and that's why I think we ended up being a four piece. Because we couldn't find someone. As a matter it worked of out better, but yeah, as a matter of convenience, you're like, nope, this we'll, yeah. we'll stick as a four piece. I mean, that it goes back to the narrative, the Vegas thing. Like it's it's like you know the band was basically friends, you know, and like but friends who are not we're 16 when they started playing together and stuff, and and like that mentality sort of. Yeah, and other yeah. bands. Another thing too is is growing apart. As we were friends, we were all turning into different dudes. Like half the guys didn't like hardcore as much anymore separating themselves from that and yeah heavy Going music. Through the, the post high school finding yourself thing yeah <laughs> uh, everybody goes through that and uh-huh. a lot of you know, a lot of problems with with rev and kind of you know reflecting on because what i'm trying to do is obviously just you know because a lot of people that listen to this podcast definitely you know enjoy a lot of the stories that you know people hear about their experiences and playing in a band and stuff like that. And I think one of the things now, especially just because you, you yourself haven't played in a band since, and you, you know, you've kind of, you know, that, that part of your life has been left behind. What do you feel? And since you have been a part of the quote unquote real world, <laughs> as far as getting a job and, you know, doing everything, um, <clears throat> what do you think that playing in a band and like, you know, doing all those things that, you know, we did in our, you know, high school, college years and stuff like that. What, what have you taken from that and like learned and apply to your daily life or apply to the fact of like how you work and stuff like that? Um, you know, what have you learned from that aspect? Um, I think like, because I missed out on college because I chose to do the band instead, I, I, I feel like I learned a lot of perspective and, from, and I just know a lot about, like, I've seen the whole country, so I've seen, like, different cities and how people act in different cities and countries, and I think I gained a lot of experience from that in perspective. I think, I think it's helped me now, like, I get a job, I'm not gonna, I won't just, like, settle for, like, I don't know what it is, becoming, like, who, like, someone I'm not. Like, I have a cool job now where I get to be myself, have my tattoos, listen to music I want. And then, like, change it all. And yeah. I don't, like, the, the the big thing I take away from it that I always think about is, like, you guys that I met, like, other bands and people I met on tour that I'm friends with now. Like, that's the stuff I linger on. I, I linger on, like, how I'm friends with the guys in Thrice and, like, the time I had, like, when I was touring with them and how we became great friends. Like, I just think a lot about that stuff, like, the friendship stuff. Sure, sure. 
like you said, I think the important thing you hit on is obviously perspective because a lot of people that are in bands and are, you know, touring full time and doing all that, um, you know, don't have the ability to step back and kind of look at what you do pick up from, you know, even though it sounds stupid, you know, like playing in front of 10 people in Omaha, Nebraska, that'll tell you a lot about yourself just as playing in front of 400 people in Montreal in Canada, you know, those, those, those will both experiences that you'll learn something from regardless. Yeah. And you just learn about the world and how there's different people and different things. Like some people I know went to college, but they don't know how people are in the South, for instance, or in Europe. They have no idea. And you, there's like you, you gain like some kind of knowledge or experience from that. At least I, I feel that way. Sure, sure. Also, the thing I think why it lingers with the friendship stuff is because it still lasts. It's still going on. Like, like I like the the best thing was playing live and having great shows. But that's it's still a memory because every time you play a show, it fades because you get like a high from it, like it's a drug or something. And then each time you have to like chase that with the next show, hoping it's good. And now that's, I don't, you know, I don't play shows every day, so I don't get that feeling. Sure. sure. So now it's just memories. And kind of shifting over to, you know, like kind of Dave, how he's been popping in in regards to the unique perspective that he's had as far as like, you know, helping create a lot of the graphics that were directly attached to Curl Up and Die. Cause um, like Dave, what, you did the artwork for pretty much every single Curl Up and Die record, correct? Yeah, I had a hand in everything. And there's there's the the two EPs that uh, the guy I was working with at the time illustrated. But okay, okay. Still did the I, layout. And I, la- I laid it out. Yeah, and sure. Then, yeah, that's we don't talk about that one though. No, that's fine. We won't <laughs> talk. We won't talk about that one. Um, and so, yeah, considering the fact that you've had a unique perspective, and then, like you said, while you were doing this, you know, you were also creating some sort of, you know, business for yourself and everything. So give me, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, give me the elevator pitch for what, um, you know, what Carbon Made is. And because, uh, I mean, essentially, it was you and a partner that created this company together, correct? Yeah. So, I mean, the the backstory helps a little, like... So all the stuff that I do now, like design-wise or whatever, is is comes directly from the scene, I guess. Because I got my, I start doing like you know demo tape covers and stuff, and logos and oh, terrible, terrible logos and and all that stuff. Like, and Curl Up and Dive is my first consistent client, I guess. So because you know friends and they'll let me do whatever I want more or less. And uh, like from that, you know, I, I started designing stuff and. Started a production firm, design company, and we did you know all that stuff for Thrice or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, like which taught me that that I didn't want to work in music anymore. <laughs> I did a lot of stuff for like a lot of stuff for the major labels or whatever. I think one of my favorites was the band Chronic Future. They were fantastic. And, <laughs> Whoa, Jesus Christ! Anyways, uh, <laughs> I don't remember what I did for them. I had to do like because I was doing a lot of websites or whatever, and. Uh, I just remember that that was like the final straw for music stuff, like having to do. And then this other band, Hurt, which is still in my portfolio. Oh, terrible, they were, terrible band. Yeah, they, they wanted me to do like a, a Masonic site, like with uh, the Masons and all this stuff. And all, <laughs> But they didn't know what it meant. So <laughs> I was like, I guess I could do that, whatever. <laughs> anyway, so like this design firm or whatever, like took me to Chicago and from there, like my business partner, like you mentioned, Jason, I, I realized that I could create software and there's like all of this, you know, all this stuff was happening where you could, you could make a thing and then get money for it. 
you know people will pay you twelve dollars on the other side of the world for making a thing that's useful for them so sure I needed something to manage my portfolio and I designed it and Jason programmed it and then we launched it and now we have like 380,000 people using it so that's the elevator pitch I guess it's online portfolios for people who make visual stuff I guess yeah no that's that's and that I just always thought the cool thing I think that comes out of our culture and like you said like you alluded to is the fact that it all came from the fact that you were doing stuff for bands and musically inclined people um and a lot of people don't have the context for that like the whole diy nature you know people have the diy background whether it's like you know let's do a startup in a garage and roll up our sleeves and work 24 hours a day and like that that mentality is there but then the mentality of like i don't know what i'm fucking doing but i'll figure it out somehow like everything's a hack that's 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 honestly jason and i are we come from the same sort of background like that everything is a hack you don't know what the hell you're doing but you can figure it out you know and that's the working with music and and bands and all that stuff gives you that big time yeah there's no money (laughs) you have to fake everything before you can make anything and you know you have to to do a lot with a little and that applies directly so Yeah. yeah That's that's what that's why I find so many people don't have the context, and a lot of people, especially with you know, when you're in high school, you have no idea that you can put these things together or start working on stuff then, and be able to build it into something that you're able to do for the rest of your life because you're just like, well, I'm a fucking kid, you know, who, who's going to pay attention to me? But because you decide to do a band and you know decide to tour, and then all these other things start to happen because of it. You know, it's just like it's I find it so compelling and people just don't often look at that, you know, I mean, it, it is a primer yeah. like you, you see like group. I mean, Mike and and like, you know, I got introduced to Mike through, you know, some friends or whatever. And like that introduced me to, you know, music culture, whatever. So at the scene and like seeing that, you know, I was making stuff on the computer or whatever. I went to a nerdy high school that gave me Photoshop kind of deal. And like they gave me a client. And then they were doing things together that were bigger than themselves, right? And so that's just a company. That's all it is. It's just making stuff with people who are creative. And, like, if you can figure out how to make some money off of that so that you can earn a living, then great. So, I don't know. It is a good primer. Yeah. Um, And because, you know, the company that has been built, you know, is relatively successful and it obviously is able to give, you know, you and the staff that you've been able to build – um, you know, a living, I'm sure there's been, I, I'm always curious because obviously this happens a lot with technology based companies. Um, I'm sure people have tried to buy you guys out. Like has the, yeah, has, I mean, there's, there's so, I mean, the, this stuff without getting to, cause there's, there's this whole world of entrepreneurs and, you know, the Twitters and the venture capital and all that stuff, which I'm coming to from a completely different angle. You know, the majority of people who start these companies start them from the standpoint that they're going to make a lot of money, right? Or they're going to go borrow. Like, it's, venture capital is very similar to the label process, you know? Like, they're putting in money, they get equity out of that, and blah, 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 blah. So um, I came from it from a completely different standpoint. They're they're throwing around numbers that are completely mind-boggling to me. Like, do you want $10 million to, to do this stuff and grow your company? And I I shy away from all of it because it doesn't make any sense to me. So the short answer is, yeah, there's money out there and people have tried to 
push it at us. But like we, I don't know, we stay close to that DIY thing. Like we have a product, that product makes money, it provides a service for somebody, they pay us, you know, like we're profitable, right? And like we are cheap, basically. So right. not gonna, you know, like Mike was our first uh, like full time hire, right? We should mention that, by the way. Mike works for. Yeah, you know I work for Carbon Man, right, Ray? Yeah, no, I I knew you did. I was gonna I was gonna tie that back in there. <laughs> I mean, well, uh, okay. Spoiler alert. So, anyways, it, it, people have have offered huh. not not to buy us out specifically because people still don't believe that our company is viable, which is great for me. I absolutely love that. <laughs> so, I mean, we make money and they don't pay attention to us, and I can put unicorns and shit all over my brand. Cool. You know, and like, you know, people have become more interested right now. There's a thing with with venture capital, right, where there's a lot of money in the world specifically being targeted at at like tech stuff again. Right. That's why you're seeing all these four squares and all these other big companies or whatever, getting a lot of venture capital. Sure. So we talk to those people and it's a fucking very weird world. Yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously the polar opposite of where, you know, like you said, the the ethics that, you know, curl up and die, you know, carbon made have been built upon. Um, And so, yeah, I just I just find that interesting because it's like it totally is a, a culture clash where you're trying to explain to people what it is that you're trying to get across. And they're just like, well, I don't care. Like I'd rather give you $400 million just so we can work together on this. It's like, well, that's not what we want to do exactly. And I mean, it is, it is, there is a, there's a definite aspect of selling out in it, which I never expected to run into, you know, like um, it's the closest and I've come to, to understanding what it's like to be in a decent, you know, like successful band. Right. Um, because I don't play music and I don't, I don't play instruments or anything like that. And I've only been like a, a corollary part of the scene, I guess, just knowing people in bands or whatever. I've always made design stuff. So being an actual part of that and the performing aspect of all of it, you know, is completely passed me by. Right. And, but now like the, the idea that we have something that somebody wants, you know, and they're willing to, to like give us a significant thing, right? Money, whatever it is, opportunity, quote unquote. But we would have to change drastically how we create, you know, being put up against that. We've been lucky that we don't have to change anything. And I refuse to. So sure. It, it's why I'm not a billionaire, I guess. <laughs> but I don't want to be a billionaire. Being a billionaire is stupid. Sure. <laughs> I, I haven't been one yet, so I don't know. It's okay. It's okay. You should become one and give me some of it. Right. <laughs> I have given you some of it. I know. <laughs> You're welcome to it. I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, I, I, I like the mentality that that I get. Smart people who make neat things around me, and like, uh, like that's a business. Great, you know. Like, you know, there's there's this mentality within punk rock and all that stuff that capitalism is this thing, and it's you should hate it and all that stuff. And to a certain degree, greed. Yes, it sucks. It makes good things bad right but like good business is not a bad thing like providing a service providing entertainment whatever it is and then making money for your hard work i don't see that as a bad thing and then hiring creative people to do that that's cool to me so yeah i run into this a lot there's like a lot of crossover because there's all these people who make art and design and all this other stuff and like we've we've you know we're not not enormous yet. We're not Twitter or anything like that, but there are a fair number of portfolios on our service in a band or their girlfriend is a photographer or something like that. There's a lot of crossover there. 
which makes it easier for us because we understand them better. So people are m making things and then they need to make money off of those things. That's the ideal, you know? Like sure. get to be creative for a living. Probably the most rewarding part of the job is the fact that you're able to help someone try to accomplish goals that they're obviously trying to do themselves because that's basically what everyone wants to do with their lives is obviously something they're passionate about and then in turn be able to hopefully make money off that in some way, shape, or form. The idea. So. That's the idea. That's, that's why this podcast is going to be bought out by Carbon Made and then we'll be able to create a podcast empire and... I don't know. I was just spit. I was spit. Well, I was spitballing. It's been. It was mentioned before earlier in the uh, in the podcast. But you guys also do a, do your own podcast. Would you like to tell our legions of fans about it and go into a little more detail? Uh, sure. So our podcast is called Dino Brain. DinoBrain dot com. No. Facebook slash DinoBrain or something like that. So it's, it's a lot. Yeah, it's myself, Mike, and B. Who's our other pal who's in med school? I don't know. B and Mike are characters, and I just sort of hang out. That's, that's what it is. It's nonsense. <laughs> he tries to keep the show on the road, and then our... You guys just derail it? Yeah, yeah, that's basically what it is. And... It's, it's, it's very produced, I guess, because I edit it down a lot. So it's down to, to, like, you know, 20, 30 minutes or whatever, and then, yeah. And we just talk about just... whatever. Funny animals. Yeah. Uh, just, like, hyper-goofy stuff. It's ridiculous. That's How what it is. How many people listen to it? Um, at our peak, because we got in the iTunes like suggested comedy thing for a while, so um, we had a few thousand every episode. So um, it was kind of it was kind of a, a big deal there for a little bit. But we hey, sort we've, of... we've been there too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. Maybe you've heard so of you us. Know how... yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you've heard of us. What podcast am I on again? <laughs> Where uh, am I? It's the. This is Adam Corolla. This is you're on the Ace Network. Oh, cool. That, I got I got uh, hepatitis on my balls. Can you tell Doctor <laughs> Drew that I'm hurt? Yeah, I'll it, give him. I'll give him a call. That is basically what our podcast is, right he's, there. He's more Mike talking lot. about his hep hep balls, and then whatever you got hep yeah. balls, Mike. Hep, hep balls. balls. <clears throat> well. I think this is a, a safe place to uh, to wrap up our conversation. But um, Mike and Dave, we really appreciate you guys hanging out with us and uh, bullshitting about um, absolutely nothing but everything at the same time. It's a pleasure. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. 